0: Welcome back to EdgeWork here on the Hammer Betting Network, a daily live NHL show, Monday through Friday, 10:30 a.m. Eastern Time. Today is Wednesday, May 10th. Boys, we got a couple games on the schedule here tonight. We had a couple last night, so everything in the NHL schedule seemed to have figured itself out after the after it was all spread out over the weekend there. But happy to have a couple games back here tonight, uh, Moretto, What game would you be most looking forward to on tonight's schedule? Um.
1: I don't know. You know what? There's only like uh, three teams really worth talking about playing tonight. So we don't really have to worry about that other one there. I mean, three teams with a chance at the second round, one team that's just, you know, ready to, ready to plan their weekend in LA. Fair enough.
0: Fair enough. Alex, you're back in Chicago now. Uh, What's the, what's the atmosphere like here around Chicago? Is the city just absolutely buzzing right now?
2: I mean, it's not super-duper electric, but, you know, it, it, it's, uh, you know, positive spirits, of course, with, uh, you know, the number one pick now residing here. Hopefully, uh, most likely, it's going to be Connor Bedard, obviously, coming here and uh, look, looking to start the rebuild fresh. Obviously, it, it's going to be more than just him, but, uh, you know, it, it's just a great feeling for the Hawks to, you know, win something after what had been an absolutely atrocious right. season. Uh, so, you know, it, the the – You know, optimism is is high. It's not too high, but it's at the
0: right level right now. Yeah, fair enough. Well... As we go through today's games and we break them, break those down we look at best bets that we could give out one book that you're going to see a lot of, as it comes up here, they will have the best odds and a lot of the different markets for each game is going to be the pinnacle sports book. You see it there on the bottom corner of the screen, but pinnacle is the world's sharpest sports book and available to betters in Ontario. You can find out what professional betters have known for decades. Pinnacle is where the best betters play. You must be 19 plus in Ontario. Please play responsibly, and is not available in the U.S., but we do recommend checking out Pinnacle. Make sure to just have an account there, at least. I think Pinnacle is a great book to have, especially even as a reference point for people. So signing up at Pinnacle uh, is a great idea, as well as having multiple sports books. But we'll start with recapping some of the games that went down last night. Uh, Maretta, we'll go to you first. We talked about yesterday on the Edgework show the fact that we were going to wait for that Carolina number to come into play around plus 145 in and around that range. Uh, after the fact, I, I have access to all the behind the scenes stuff of people commenting on everything. Someone commented on the YouTube video, something about if you think that Carolina is getting to plus 145, you're insane or you have no idea what you're doing. And at the very moment they commented on it, it hit plus 145. <laughs> I bet it myself. I am certain you bet it as well yeah uh and i just replied haha it hit it's at 145 (laughs) and uh uh, just let it be but what happened yesterday with that uh with that devil's number just pushing all the way so far that it allowed us to get canes plus 145 and then what the hell went on last night for carolina to be winning 6-1 in that game and advancing their series lead to 3-1
1: yeah i mean we talked about how game three and game four are very different right the devils take money all playoffs we expect them to take money again yesterday especially after winning game three in the fashion that they did but like let's be real i mean game three you're coming into that down to nothing at home it's like a must-win situation um, we saw the same thing with the islanders in the first round against carolina and i talked about how carolina bounced back then in game four i expected to see a much better carolina team last night and we got a much better Carolina team. They played their game. And, like, you know, you see, like, I think a bit of a crutch from Devils fans talking about how Banishak couldn't make a save. Maybe a couple-week goals, sure. Um, but at the end of the day, like, they didn't generate really anything. Uh, I think that that was maybe not a 6-1 game, but, like, it was a deserved win for Carolina by all accounts. They just played Carolina hockey. They, like, limited what the Devils could generate. Um, they, you know, generated some good quality chances themselves. Jordan Martinook is well on his way to uh, Con Smythe, followed up by a Hart trophy next year. I'm sure um, with the series he's having and uh, yeah, this team, like this team is if obviously there's like a ways to go right now, but I'd be fascinated if we see Carolina, Florida in the next round, because it would be like the most structured team in the NHL versus arguably the least structured team in the NHL. So it would be very interesting to see how that sort of a uh, sort of plays out just sort of like a all in your face, sort of Florida team against a Carolina team. That's like, going to just play very sound, structured hockey. And I think that, I mean, ultimately I have a feeling which one will win out there. But again, you know, you get that like four check and, you know, the ball to the wall of mentality and, you know, things can sort of throw you off your game pretty easily. So that would be uh, that would be a fun series.
0: Yeah, and Alex B, you've been pretty outspoken about the goaltending situation in New Jersey. There, how much of that is playing a factor into the problems that the the Devils are seeing right now?
2: I mean, it's, it's a ton, honestly. You know, you had Schmid playing well. Uh, riding that momentum from the first series win, and then he kind of regressed back to his normal form. Vitek Banachek kind of uh, regressed below his average form as far as I'm concerned. And now it's just it's problematic, and I don't see where they were able to, to pull themselves out of it. Carolina's got all the momentum right now. And, you know, we were worried about this team – you know, in late February and all through March, because it seemed like oh the, all the great speed and talent they had you know kind of just come to a standstill. The offense was non-existent when Svechnikov, uh went out, but they, they found their form now and, and, and they're playing full team hockey. We talk about this with a lot of these teams that have advanced in the playoffs, teams like Florida, teams like Seattle, they're, they're getting everybody contributing and everybody playing their parts, filling in those gaps, and that's the reason why they're uh, cruising with the lead sinces.
0: All right, the other game that took place last night was the Dallas Stars evening that series back up at two, winning six to three over Seattle. Um yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're high on Dallas going into that series, kind of remain high here. Ottinger figures things out last night. Looks again, this continues to look like Grubauer and Ottinger just continue to swap bodies on a nightly basis and just take over for the other one. Uh, but last night, Dallas getting this six three win. Heiskanen comes back, plays, Where's the bubble. His face looks absolutely mangled within that thing. You see him every time he goes into the scrums and even the commentators are like, well, you know one guy who's not <laughs> going to be throwing any punches in there. But uh, outside of that, Moreto, like, what are you seeing out of this Dallas team that might indicate we could see, uh, could see this continue throughout the rest of the series? Or is, do you think this might just go blow for blow until maybe we get to seven here?
1: I mean, we're seeing like both teams get punched in the mouth and respond really nicely. I think we saw that even within the game itself last night where Dallas like that was like we needed that one. I mean, I say we, you know, we are the stars, though. Um, We needed that one. They came out and like we bet them yesterday, too. We have some futures on them, whatever. They came out really well. They uh, they were flying from like the opening puck drop. They could have scored 15 seconds into the game. They were in complete control weren't quite getting a bounce. Grubauer made some huge saves. And then you're like kind of in a state where you're like, is this going to be like one of those games where they can't like find, you know, they can't solve them. And then Seattle comes back down the other way, scores a goal. And it's just like one of those like blows and, you know, three, one series. but all of a sudden they get that goal late. Um, great shot. And uh, now, you know, I mean, they just like, they, they were relentless. They were determined. I don't know. They just, they stayed at it. They like just dominated the first two periods of that game completely. And uh, they were deserving of that lead. And then you know I think Seattle had like ten shots or something like that through the first two periods like they were generating nothing. But then we saw Seattle kind of like punch back a little bit in that third period and they made things a little bit dicey. And like we're you know we're having fun on Twitter we're tweeting out three you know night for edge work. And then I'm sitting there I'm just like ah you know what like maybe not the best idea like Seattle's going to come back and win this game like I don't know what's happening right now. So but no it was um it was a, it was a big win uh, I think ultimately like the numbers don't necessarily reflect the performance because Seattle did ultimately have a, a higher share of the uh, expected goals at five on five. A lot of that is down to the fact that they were just chasing the game in the third period and the stars were just playing on the back foot, which is like, that's going to, that's going to happen. Um, that's normal. You know, I'm not too concerned, but I do think that this is a, uh, a long series. Thankfully, I know Ben left the game. Thankfully he came back. Don't think Marchman came back. So we'll have to monitor that, uh, see what his status is. Cause that would be a bit of a blow for sure. You don't want to start losing depth guys when you're playing against the Kraken because that's uh, that could that could haunt you. So um, that's something to monitor. And also, like an, another interesting nugget there, like now teams that are down, the teams coming off a loss in round two are seven and three. Um, I mean, the Leafs are zero and two, but every other team is seven, <laughs> seven and one. So like we're seeing a lot of spine and a lot of fight back from teams in this second round for the most part. And uh, yeah, it's just something to monitor going forward. We'll see if that continues.
2: You got to love it. Got to love it. Throwing (laughs) the leaf shade wherever you can find it. Uh, But, yeah, you know, people were freaking out about how Dallas lost in game three. And I told everyone, don't panic. This happened in in the first round with with the Wild and, and Stars. And I was all over Minnesota. I was all over Seattle in game three. I came right back and bet Dallas game four because Jake Ottinger is an elite goaltender who, when he loses a game and looks bad, he will bounce back with a strong effort. And he did fairly well, but like I said, just the whole team responded. Like you said, when they got punched in the mouth, they got right back up, and that's the mark of a champion. That's the mark of a winning team. And, uh, you know, so this is playing out exactly how I've seen it uh, looking in, you know, before the series started. So I'm just hoping things continue to roll in the way that I've, you know, kind of pictured it out and – it's set up perfectly for Stars to win this thing in six right now. But like I said, the injury bug biting them a little bit, that's not good. Yep. Great to see uh, Heiskin in back, of course, wearing the bubble. And thanks to the advancements of modern medicine, uh, he's out there skating and not feeling a thing. And so uh, hopefully March and Ben will be all right and ready to go for Game 5.
0: All right, let's get ready for the games here tonight. We'll break these down give out best bets for whatever we have in either of them. And as we do, we will make sure that we are always getting the best odds on whatever we're betting on. And the easiest way to improve as a sports better is by using multiple sports books and getting the best odds. We recommend using an odds comparison tool like Betstamp to do so. Betstamp compares odds across every sports book for games, futures, and player props. You can save time and money by checking Betstamp before you bet. Make sure to download the app today in iOS, Android, as well as you can sign up on web and if you are looking to sign up for a new sportsbook account, you see a book up here today that you don't have yet, make sure to go to betstamp.app edgework, or you click the link in the description of this video, as well as on podcast form. Any books that you sign up for using that link there does help support the show. So we appreciate you if you do sign up for some new books today, if you use that link when you do so. So let's get into the games here today. And of course, we we'll use the best all that's available. And oftentimes it is going to be at our friends over at Pinnacle there. So starting with the first game here tonight, we're looking at the Leafs game four, down 3-0 in the series. And yet they are still favored here tonight. Minus 116 against the Panthers. Uh, we're looking at the total of over, over six and a half, minus 126, under six and a half, uh, plus 112. Alex B., is there any way that you're going to be getting involved in this game here tonight from a betting perspective?
2: Yeah, I've already grabbed the Florida Panthers plus 105. And I also took a smaller shot with the series price Florida to win uh, four to one at plus 325. That was the price that I got at at a different book. But um, basically, I feel like this is Florida's series to lose, honestly, obviously, with the 3-0 lead. But uh, this game just seems like just the body language of the Leafs at the end of that last game kind of told me that, you know, everything's kind of come crashing down. The momentum from that first round, uh, you know, has just kind of spilled over, and they just don't have it. And and Florida's just (laughs) been riding that wave ever since that Game 7 win on the road against Boston. Uh, and it's been back-and-forth battles. You know, it's not like this, this. we haven't seen three blowouts by Florida, but at the same time, it's just every goal for Florida almost seems like it counts like a goal and a half, the way that that you look at, at Toronto, you know, the, just the coaches and, and, the, and the players, uh, you know, on that next off. And it, that's just not a good thing to see. And, and you see this a lot in the playoffs of teams that get eliminated. So, uh, in seeing that and still being able to grab a plus price, I grabbed plus 105, but gave myself a little cushion with that 325 in case the Leafs do show some fight and effort tonight. night, which, uh, you know, you'd have to think they'd show some kind of uh, effort. If you like Toronto, you know, take them first period. You know, that they have to win the first period if they're going to win this game. That, that's kind of the way I see it. But, uh, like I said, it's a safer play with Florida plus money to, to win this
0: one out and, and sweep them. Moreto, any thoughts from you tonight, or are you staying away from this one completely?
1: <laughs> I, uh, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad Alex gave that out because that's where um, that's where I would bet this game as well. <laughs> I, uh, you know, at the risk of uh, uh, jinxing it, I am on the Panthers here. Um, I just think that the Leafs have played progressively worse as the series has gone on. Um, game one, I thought was their best game, despite what you know. I mean, people think that game two was maybe their best game just because of that onslaught they had late. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so money. I am trying to. I'm trying to keep a straight face. I'm trying to keep my composure here. I have hockey tonight. Everyone on my team are uh, Leafs fans. Uh, everyone was gonna. Everyone was gonna skip the game uh, to watch the Leafs. That's what they said last week. Now everyone's coming. So it'll kind of be nice to potentially be there for the uh, for the final minutes. Um, that's what I'm hoping for at least. But yeah, again, the Leafs have played progressively worse as the series has gone on. Expecting a response from them is kind of tough based on the history of this team and this core and what we've seen from them in the past. Um, it's hard to just put your money into that. Very well could see a response. I mean, how can you bank on something like that right now, though? Uh, it just kind of feels like a dead in the water situation. Um yeah. Also, like, these defensive breakdowns, I mean, that's what Florida does. They're not the most structured team, but this relentless forecheck and their speed in transition, um, they have that, you know, that third line's been great. And the way they can get after these defensemen, I don't think the Leafs' decor is just up to the task. And it's going to lead to more breakdowns. Like, I mean, the Leafs are a better team, probably, and they're a more structured team. But, like, that's what happens. Um, you know, bad teams make bad plays, and the puck ends up in the back of their net. And we've seen that far too often with this team. Throughout this series, I mean, even, you know, throughout the playoffs, Samson was kind of bailed them out in a few times early on. But, yeah, it just feels like this is kind of final nail in the coffin. And you know what? If you're a Leafs fan and, like, you're, you know, watching tonight and you're all depressed about it, like, I don't think it's the end of the world. I don't think this uh, team was ever going to win with this core and this management team in place with Keith and, you know, Dubas and whatever, however they were building this team. I don't think they were headed in the right direction. I think changes need to be made. Yep. and i think this will prompt changes and i think ultimately like while it's painful right now that will be a good thing for the franchise going forward
0: yeah i think after this this is why i'm just wanting to get this thing done in four and get it over with because like the worst thing in my mind that could possibly happen and i know it's almost in a way the best thing that could happen for moreto is that they look at this if you have any fight back you push this to five six seven you lose the series then they look at this one after the fact and say oh well they fought back like you're right there you're close you got to the second round you had some type of fight back it was just a rough start to the series let's run it back next year and then it's like well same conversation happens next year and then everyone's wondering what happened again forget it get it out of here um i sent this morning uh I sent the link to Simon and Garfunkel's sounds of silence to a couple of buddies and just said, uh, elimination day. <laughs> and that's the, uh, um, hello darkness, my old friends just <laughs> in preparation. So yeah, I, 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 agree though, in terms of like the overall outlook of the team. Yeah. This is the opportunity to prompt some change here. Exactly. And, and, what and what exactly. brand of golf clubs do you think Austin Matthews prefers? I think he's a. I think he's a tennis guy. I'm pretty oh, sure. he's tennis? playing oh, okay. tennis okay. in the summer. Yeah, yeah have you yeah. see his shorts. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: those those turtlenecks are good for the uh, for the country club. <sighs> What's the, what's the what's the plan of attack this summer? What do you do? What's the first change you make? Um obviously like say Dubas is you don't fire Dubis because he's out of a contract. So that just you can just mutually part ways if you need to. Um I think he has to go and then who do you trade from the core?
0: Okay, look, I I don't know this might sound insane. I'm not 100% convinced that you have to get rid of Dubis. Um I think that he developed or he I think he man it's hard to say because like part of this just goes back to the same uh, same idea same narrative same place of like some of the other years but like the way i'm seeing it is maybe a little different is like i think he built the team pretty well and again like Murata, we talked about yesterday if your top guys just don't show up and they just are completely ballless pricks that just don't repay you with any type of effort or intensity or energy or anything. Then you're never going to be able to do anything or never going to be able to win. So, like, I agree with you guys in terms of like the mentality of those guys. But it, when you look at guys who are going to put up hundred points, uh, score sixty goals, like that kind of stuff, it's like it's hard to argue that that type of talent within a team uh, can't have some type of success. So in terms of him and the fact that he actually adapted things over time, I think is actually a pretty good sign here for his changes of, of philosophy of team. I don't know, but I'm just more of like a 50, 50 on Dubas. It's not like hundred percent. He's got to go Keith. hundred percent. Got to go. That guy should have been gone. Like I she dude, I would have go. put Spezza. Yeah. Like I would have put Spezza behind the bench this year. I don't <laughs> care. Um, in, in terms of the core, I think the one piece that's on everybody's mind is is Marner. Uh, after the series against Montreal, who was the guy for Toronto fans? They wanted gone. Marner. Series against Tampa last year. Marner. Series this uh, this year so far. Marner. And it's like he created some type of like subtle subconscious rift between himself and the fan base. When he did that whole thing with his contract and became the highest paid winger. And it was like, it was barely even him. It was his dad in the media and all this stuff. And then we've seen here growing up, his dad be the face of all this stuff on CP 24 and like yelling at him in the car and all these videos keep coming out. And it's like that whole thing just became a bad underlying situation within Leafs fans And then he's the one who goes ghost the most, and he's the one who looks like he's crying on the bench when things happen. There's nothing wrong with showing emotion, but there's something wrong with showing it that way in an NHL playoff setting when you're down, because that just leaks through the rest of the group. and. If you see a guy on the bench freaking out and snapping sticks, it's one thing where it might fire guys up. And you see a guy sitting down the end of the bench sulking, like uh, the world's against him. It leads to a different feeling to the rest of the team. So I think that that's probably the guy for me that's got to go. It's also a big contract for. Uh, I, I don't see a who winger. wants it.
1: All right, who's gonna who's gonna want an eleven million dollar winger who consistently underperforms in the playoffs and like. I don't know. It's tough. I think Riley is immovable. Um, you're not moving that contract. Tavares is obviously immovable. You're not, obviously not trading Matthews. For me, it yeah. has to be Nylander. The odds of re-signing Nylander unless Matthews walks are pretty much slim to none. I don't know if you can go into next season with him on one year left on his deal, heading into unrestricted free agency, knowing you have to sign Matthews. The odds of losing him for, for nothing at that point are very high, and I think Dubas – you know, you can say what you want about Dubis and you defend him in certain ways and bash him in certain ways. I think one of his biggest shortcomings is how many guys over his tenure he has lost for free and for nothing. The amount of like solid NHL players, not necessarily great players or anything like that, but just good NHL players, solid role players that have just walked away and left for nothing and you get nothing from them. You can't do that over and over again in this league and expect to continue to yeah. to contend and build your roster properly. You have to know when to pull the plug-in, guys. You have to know how to get something for guys. So I think you have to listen on Nylander. You have to because you're probably not going to be able to sign him um, unless Matthews walks. But again, then you're that's a whole other issue and whole other can of worms and a much bigger issue you have to deal with. But yeah, yeah I think that you know it's not just for the sake of changes, it's just for the fact that you're not going to be able to bring both those guys back at the end of next summer. Um, I think you have to move on there.
0: It just sucks because Va- Nylander is like the best bang for your buck on the contract mm-hmm. side of things. So now you're going to ship out a guy who's 6.9 million and performing a point per game or above and actually does seem to be the one guy showing up in the playoffs like who's the guy here through game 1 2 and 3 of this series against Florida where you've walked away from and said oh that guy was at least the best player in like the second and the third period oh well, it's being mm-hmm. Neilander the entire time and he was the best player last year he was the best player in the Montreal series from for Toronto yeah. And it's like now we're gonna have to get rid of this guy because we can't move on from the contract of mitch marner who does like fucking nothing like he does nothing and it's like great you got your 100 points and then you get to the playoffs and you get all upset and you start crying and take your ball and go home like leave the team out to dry i don't know i hated the comments that he made the other day i will say that i really did not like them about like you guys in the media blah 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 like show some stones dude show some balls say something go on another back, darkness like...
1: retreat to uh to a cottage up north <laughs> after the media so he doesn't care apparently he doesn't care right but then he goes on a darkness retreat after they lose to the habs and he hides away for a month
0: yeah so i, I don't know but i think the I biggest think mistake the was not uh,
1: i think not shopping these guys last i'm not saying you had to make big changes last summer i think you should have that in my opinion, Keefe should have been gone last summer. I think, and again, you you deserve to win the Tampa series last year. I'm not going to dispute that. Game seven kind of went you know south for them, like it does. But like whatever, they probably deserve to win that series. I think that's when the value of these guys was at its highest, and that's when you had to shot Marner. At least listen. I'm not. Maybe he did. Maybe he did listen. And I'm sitting here bashing him. And you know there was just nothing that was enticing. But like we've seen, you can move big players. You, you moved Huberdeau. You moved to Chuck. Like. These deals can be made i don't know if you listened. i think you should have maybe shopped you could have get a lot for Neilander with two years left um you know martyr's value was very high after a solid series last year and again but then the run it back crowd and i think that they just they went into the offseason with the mindset of we're just going to run it back we're very close you heard it after they lost last year it was like constantly you know matthew's talking about how much it hurts but how they're so close and keith we're really close we feel like we're right there it's like i mean you're not like you're not just consistently not it just i don't and then they ran it back and i think that last year was the year that they should have made big changes and that's when it could have uh could helped them out more so where now you're probably going to be you know trading guys at a bit more of a discount or shopping guys at a bit more of a discount
0: yeah again it's like for me the team itself i think isn't uh necessarily a big problem i think you look at those those guys matthews it's more Matthews, Marner, Tavares right now. And it's like, definitely Tavares.
1: Tavares you, get,
0: you get some production, you get them to show up in the playoffs. Then we're probably not even having this conversation. And it's like, maybe it's a little bit different. Maybe Toronto's just up in the series or something, or it's a lot closer. But it's like, I genuinely think that you get those guys to actually show up. It's different. I I think that it's different for this team. It's a different outlook for this team. And it's like you your your highest paid players don't show up, then nothing else matters. Because in Edmonton, if if McDavid and Dreisidel did what thirty four and sixteen mm-hmm. did, that team it was was out versus the Kings, right? Mm-hmm. Like for, sure. for it, sure. It's the same situation around the league for for top end players. But guess what? They show up. Look at in Dallas. Uh, ben Sagan. All of a sudden, these guys decide, "Hey, like, we'll show up at these playoffs." Podolski yeah. shows up, Hyskin, and one of the best players on the ace. Like, these guys show up, and all of a sudden, your team looks a whole lot different.
1: Yeah, you can't so. bash you can't bash Dubis for for hitching his wagon to those guys when he did because at that time you didn't really have those indications that this would be you know the way it is with these guys in the playoffs. So that's fair. Like, you, you hitch your wagon to guys you think are gonna take you to the promised land, and I get that, but there's a time when you have to pull the plug or reevaluate things. And I think he's just waited way too long to do that. And I think that's where he's fallen short.
0: Yeah. So basically just throw it in there and blow it up this summer and figure out you can't trade all four of them. I don't no, even know no, that no. you <laughs> can trade two or four of them. I, you got to go, but one of four has to go one of four has to go. And again, like you said, it basically leaves your options down to two guys. It's Marner and Nylander. So yeah. we'll be interesting to see what happens. It'll all be broken down here on the Edgework show as everything goes on, so make sure to subscribe to the Edgework HQ channel. Hit like on this stream, but one more game here for tonight. I made the comment about the Oilers. I'm not anti-Oiler. I was just more so using that as a reference point. Uh, well, here, uh, J.H., I was using it as a reference point. Um, but I think it stands true that if these guys don't show up, then, then you're out. I think it also goes true for New Jersey. If your best players don't show up in the first round, then you're probably out in that series against the Rangers as well. But looking at this game here tonight, Edmonton with an opportunity to even this series back up. We did see them with a big response after they had fallen down one, nothing in the series in the first game, they come back out, they win five, one, then it turns around. They get their teeth kicked in in game three, losing five to one. Now you're sitting here at home game four, opportunity to respond um minus 180 here tonight for the Oilers plus 162 for Vegas looking at the total of 7 plus 114 on the over um is there anything Alex B for you that you might be looking at that you'd try to get involved in here tonight
2: yeah we were kind of talking about this before we went on air and I was just kind of you know wondering you know will we see this game maybe slow down or continue to speed up these these two teams are just you know going Crazy against one another, and you've seen you know Edmonton that, that power play one game, and all of a sudden they go completely cold. Hard to imagine they're going to be shut down again for a, a second straight game here. But I think it might be a closer one. I think we could see goals back and forth, or maybe even see a little bit of a defensive battle. But I think these two teams kind of hold this one a little tighter than what we've seen. So I took a shot of the draw, uh, the regulation draw. I got plus 375. You can shop around for that, I see plus 374 pinnacle, so virtually the same thing. Uh, I think this could be the closest game that we see. Uh, that doesn't mean it's necessarily going to be uh, seven eight or, or or you know, three two, but uh, I think we're gonna see we might see overtime here in this
0: one. And would you want to play half unit, full unit? What would you want to do? Those uh, big a, I'll take a shot with a half unit. All right, fair enough. Um, Moretto, anything for you in this game tonight?
1: Yeah, have we wait, have we got overtime yet in round two? Oh, yeah, we uh. Yeah, game three. Game three. Yeah. Was there, that was it though, right? And I think
0: that's yeah. it. No, Dallas, Seattle first game. Oh, oh yeah. Right. Game yeah point, good know. point.
1: Good point. Good point. Yeah, All right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have, I uh,
0: those down. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, my memory is absolutely shot. Um, I, uh, I'm on the under here. I was on the under, uh, six and a half plus half plus one thirty on Monday. I talked about that on our draft lottery show. Um, and I'm going back to the well here, uh, I don't mind, again, under 6.5, plus 125, uh, I think it's somewhat widely available here for at least for Ontario players. I mean, FanDuel too. Um, I don't mind that. Uh, or under 7, minus 130 is fine. There's minus 123 at penny, which is where I probably, that would be my my one that I'd play. Um, I think that uh, we'll see a response from Edmonton. Um, we'll see a response from Skinner. There's a better defensive game here this is this is one of those games that it's like this is this is huge right this is you fall behind three nothing going back to vegas i mean this is going to be a much more structured much more focused much more disciplined game for edmonton i think um again just series effects the way those kind of you know come into play here i just expect a tighter contest i expect vegas to uh, to try and just do what they can to limit those big guns and um, play as much of this game at five on five as possible where we haven't seen a ton of offense generated in this series so I think that uh we're just getting a good price on this under seven. Hopefully we can get some goaltending. And um, you know, that could obviously be a, a backbreaker here where, you know, we're not necessarily generating a ton of chances, but these goalies can't necessarily make a save. So obviously there's that that concern, but I like the price. I like the uh I like where the numbers at. So that's that's where I am here.
0: So you want to play the under six and a half plus one twenty-four here? Um
1: right Um I'll play it. No, I'll go with go the I've Penny, the under seven at minus one twenty-three
0: uh okay minus 120 minus 128 oh i'm looking at minus uh,
1: 123 here on uh i haven't refreshed my thing probably um yeah okay let's uh let's 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 play the uh let's play the plus one uh
0: 124 at FanDuel okay. there yeah okay sounds good so we'll lock that in oh okay hold on <laughs> did it move now <laughs> is it at minus 123 now yeah, it's at minus one twenty three on the under seven. All right, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I pulled it off screen, it just uh, did the little uh, loading screen and we were good to go there. So we'll take the under seven minus one twenty three. Apologies for the uh, confusion there. The magic <laughs> a lot <of> television, right? <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Uh television. Um, there you go. So we'll lock that in for this game here tonight and then we'll go through and recap all of these um guys this is it tonight isn't it this is it for the leafs we're gonna be back on the show tomorrow with so money and uh and russ talking about how <laughs> things how things went wrong and all wrapped up aren't we
1: i don't know we'll see what happens I'm no. not gonna no no no, cl- no clippable material for me <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, I was trying to get Meretta to say something. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Nothing. No <laughs> clippable material here. Doug Gilmore ain't walking through that door.
0: Huh?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to Mark Messier this right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's review the picks for today. We do have three best bets. So first and foremost, we're looking at the Florida Panthers money line plus 105. We're taking that one for a full unit there. Then we're going to the Vegas Edmonton game. We're looking at under seven minus 123 full unit. As well, we're looking at a regulation time draw plus 374 for a half unit there. So that's the Panthers money line plus 105 full unit. The under seven minus 123 in Vegas, Edmonton, full unit. And then a half unit on the regulation time draw in Vegas, Edmonton as well there. So those are our three best bets for tonight. Guys. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this today. I appreciate you uh coming on here and leading me to uh what is it like what is it called like leading the uh, it's the the phrase is like just my call mind us right Paul Bear. lead me man. to the we're, we're slaughter. Paul yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Basically, yeah. Yes. Well, appreciate you guys doing that today. Chat, thank you guys so much for coming out. If you enjoyed the show today, make sure to subscribe here to the Edgework HQ YouTube channel as well as like this stream. But for everyone out there, we will see you back here tomorrow morning, 10.30 a.m. Eastern time for more picks and previews. Good luck on your bets tonight.